The B-I-B-L-E. Yes, that's the book for me. I stand alone on the Word of God, the B-I-B-L-E. That's a song I learned at a very, very young age. Grew up knowing that song. It's one of those that just sticks in your mind. I, I still can remember it. And that song really captured the essence of what I was taught about the Bible. And as I grew into adulthood, what I, as an adult, chose to believe about the Bible. I think I, along with the majority of Christians, saw the Bible as God's revealed word. It was inspired by the Holy Spirit. And for the most part, it was accurate, or at least fairly accurate, when it came to tell us about who Jesus was, and what Jesus did, and what Jesus said. So again, for the longest time, that idea, that view was grounded into the core of who I was. But then the idea was challenged. I was talking to an individual one time, and they said, do you, when, was the, when were the Gospels written? You know, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. When were they written? Thought about it and said, well, probably anywhere from 40 to 60 years after Jesus had died. And they looked at me and said, ah. So it wasn't just a matter of days after he died that they wrote all this down. No. It was a matter of weeks. Nope. Was it months? Nope. Was it years? No. It was decades. And then it hit me. What happens as stories and sayings are circulated by word of mouth before they're written down? And the easiest example of this is that game called telephone. You tell someone, then they tell someone, and they tell someone. goes around the circle. By the time it comes back to you, you've tried to discover how distorted the original wording became. Well, could that have happened with the Gospels? For 40 to 60 years, perhaps even two generations, the idea of these stories circulating, did they become fish stories? Was there a blurring in the, in the minds of those who were hearing and telling the stories between what was actually happened and what they were told? happened? Another way of asking that question is, did early Christians remember things about Jesus that were in fact invented memories, not real memories? And the answer, according to Bart Ehrman, a biblical scholar, answer is yes. For Ehrman, there is no doubt that early Christians remembered things about Jesus that did not even happen. Wow. I mean, B-I-B-L-E, yes, that's the book for me. I stand alone. Well, all of a sudden, that became really, really shaky. What I was standing on, what my beliefs were about the Bible, they were radically impacted. And perhaps the same thing has happened to you or someone you know. You know, life is a lot easier when you can keep the blinders on. Life's a lot easier when you only have to look at one thing straight ahead and not be confused by other perspectives, other views. But the reality is, when you are exposed to other views, you can either ignore them 
or you can adapt because of them. And one of the reasons why this idea that Christians remember things about Jesus that did not even actually happen is what is called the non-canonical Gospels. What do we mean by that? Well, the Christians, early Christians, decided what was going to be in or out of the Bible. I remember talking to an individual one time, and they said, well, the reason why certain books made it into the Bible is because they were inspired. And the reason why they were in the Bible was because they were inspired. And by being in the Bible, it shows that they are inspired. You're talking about circular reasoning. But there were Gospels that never made it into the Bible. You have the Gospel of Peter. You have the Gospel of Judas. You have the infancy Gospel of Thomas. And then you have the proto-Gospel of James and others. These books never made it into the canon or the Bible. So what's interesting, though, is these Gospels actually record how people remembered Jesus. Now, the majority of Christians, again, that I'm aware of, the majority of those would not believe perhaps everything that is in those non-canonical Gospels. Especially, it's fascinating to read about the infancy Gospels, things that Jesus does as a kid— some of them are really like, ooh, I wouldn't want to be his friend. But when you read those, we have a tendency, because they're not in the Bible, to be suspect of them. But my question is, what would happen if that book had actually made it into the Bible? Would we accept it? Would we believe that it contains accurate memories of the childhood of Jesus? Well, the problem is is that the individuals who wrote these Gospels that never made it into the Bible, they were not eyewitnesses. But, and the reality is, the majority of individuals who wrote the Gospels that ended up in the Bible, they themselves, high probability that they themselves were not eyewitnesses. They heard the stories secondhand, perhaps even thirdhand. So they are recounting stories they had heard. And the question becomes, were those stories invented memories? So these memories that we find in these non-canonical books, they may have been false. They may have been invented memories. However, however, that was reality for those people who told the stories. Another reason why we know that the Bible contains invented memories, not necessarily accurate memories, is the differences that you find within the four Gospels, just Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. When events took place can differ. When Jesus fed the multitude, it differs from gospel to gospel. What actually happened? Events are described in different ways. What Jesus said, we have different re records of that. So even when you look at the four Gospels that are in the Bible, there's variations between them. And so who has the accurate memory? Well, one of the ways to answer that question is to understand 
what we mean when we talk about our memories. And we'll look at that when we come right back. Over the last hundred, few hundred years, individuals have spent a great deal of time thinking and studying how our memories work. And in that understanding, we realize that our memories are not like video cameras. Our eyes are not cameras. Our eyes do not see something and then record it as it is. Rather, what happens is when we see something or we have an experience We make a decision. We decide. We select what it is we will remember. And those things that we choose to remember about that event, they are stored actually in different parts of the brain. I thought it was like our brain was like a hard drive. You see something, you record it in your mind, and it's stored in a particular part of your brain. That's not true. Science proves or shows us that instead memories actually kind of disperse and settle into our brain in different places. What happens then is that when we do a recollection, when we recall something that happened in our past, we take these ideas and we bring them together. But when we reconstruct those memories, there's actually gaps in our memories. There are things that we chose not to remember. So what happens then? Well, we fill in the gaps. So, for example, by remembering what probably happened based on other similar experiences, we are able to recall an event. This makes perfect sense. How many times have you been talking to individuals that were at the same event, that attended the same event, and they have different recollections of what happened? Sometimes you'll be listening to one of them tell the story, and then another person will interrupt and say, no, 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 it happened this way. And then they disagree with each other. My instinct in the past has always been, well, who's right? Get what is right. Decide, get the memory correct. But it's probably never, that's impossible. Our brains, when they go to recollect, it's like putting together a puzzle. They bring all these divergent pieces together. And by bringing them together, that creates the memories. But that memory you, you remember, it's not accurate. There are things, those gaps, that again, you fill in. And you fill them in by other experiences that may have actually happened to you. So it becomes kind of a conglomeration of memories, of events. So how does this impact the Bible? Can we read the Bible and get an accurate picture of what actually happened during the time 
these events took place? Well, according to what we now know about memories, the answer is no. So what happens? What do we do next? Going to take a quick break and come back and give you two ideas or two options you can consider on what to do next if your view of the Bible has been shaken. We'll be right back. So, first option, what can you do if your idea about the God is about the Bible has been shaken because you now are able to understand that memories are not easy to re- recollect. Actually, memories were remembering parts that actually happened and were inventing parts to meld in with them. So here's option number 1. Reject the Bible. If it's not infallible, if it's not inerrant, if it cannot be fully trusted to record what actually happened, then one option is to dismiss it, all out reject it. See that perhaps it has no longer has any value whatsoever. If it can't be trusted, why have it? Well, before an individual chooses that option, I would ask him to pause and consider one thing. Perhaps over time, we have asked the Bible to be something it was never meant to be. I'm going to say that again. Perhaps over time, we have asked the Bible to end up being something it was never intended to be. We have asked, perhaps, for it to be like a history book. I believe it was never meant to be that. It was not to be a history book. Rather, it was an insightful book. Book that was used to describe humanity and God. And that brings us to the second option. Perhaps instead of throwing the Bible out, we can see it as a book that is extremely insightful when it comes to an interaction and the experiences between humanity and God. A book that has existed for thousands of years, and we have the opportunity to go back and read it, and by reading it, understand how people experience God. It doesn't matter if these events actually happened. It doesn't matter. Because what it does tell us is about those individuals and how they perceived God. Now, there's an idea out there. It's called the gist of memory. And this idea espouses that memory, when it comes to the broad outlines, is actually greater and has more accuracy than memories that have details. So, for example, in reading the Bible, we can assume that Jesus was a human being, he was a rabbi, he was a teacher, 
He spent a week in Jerusalem before he was killed. That's the broad scope of things. That's the big picture. That we can be pretty certain in. But when it comes to the actual details of what happened during that week, I believe we need to be suspect. Why? Because memories are not always accurate. In fact, rarely are they fully accurate. So today, the Bible becomes an insightful book that allows us to compare past views and experience of God with today. We can look back at three, four, five thousand years ago and say, These, this is how people perceived God. This is what they believed God did. And then we can take that and we can decide if that picture of God, that picture of humanity, if it still resonates with us today. And if it does, how does it? So the question I want to leave you with is the following. I want you to ask yourself, does my view of the Bible, does my perception of the Bible and the resulting views of humanity and God, okay, I'm going to say that one more time. Does my way of viewing the Bible, my way of perceiving it, and the resulting views of humanity and God that arises from that view of the Bible, does it enhance the quality of my life? Does that view make me more compassionate or does it make me angry? Does that, make, does that view of the Bible make me accepting or does it make me one who tends to be judgmental of other people? To me, that's the biggest question. How does it impact your life? How does it impact how you treat other people? And even, yes, how you treat yourself. I hope this podcast today has given you some ideas to reflect upon. Reality is the majority of people don't read the Bible, but man, it sure used an awful lot to hurt people to bang people across the head with. So maybe it is time that we paused and asked the tough questions about the Bible. And I would hope that once you ask those questions, you won't throw it out. I didn't. In fact, if anything, I doubled down on it. I found it fascinating to read and compare it to today. Well, if you have any questions, concerns, if you have any thoughts, would love to hear from you. You can either reply as you listen to this on Facebook, YouTube, or you can email us at media at beatitudeschurch.org. But until the next time we meet one another through the audio waves, take care of yourself. Have a great day. <laughs>